Welcome to The End Game, a podcast about the positive aspects of aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I'm your host, Don Auction. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with today's show. I'm pleased to have as my guest today, Karen Carr, owner of Revitalize Coaching. Karen has been coaching adults since 2001 to get better clarity about themselves so that they can make their decisions on their own terms. Karen, welcome to The End Game. Thank you, Don. Great to be here. Back when I was a youngster, Karen, trying to figure out what career field to pursue, I don't remember life coaching as one of the options. And I'm assuming you also didn't start with that in mind. So can you tell me how you did get into coaching? I'm happy to talk about that. Um, it is a long story, so I'll try to give you some some tidbits along the way. So I became a, an English teacher at my father's urging. And um, when he passed away, I actually decided to switch gears. And I um, looked into some different careers at that time, and it was early in the life coaching business. And I was fortunate enough to find the Coaches Training Institute. Um, And that was after talking to three different career counselors, really wanting to get a handle on what I might enjoy, what I would be good at. And um, people's stories really interest me. And also um, helping people feel like they have something to offer the world. You know, all those things um, comes, comes through in life coaching for me as a coach. And was your coaching at that time um, just adults generally, or was it career, or or was it retirement, or or what was it? You know, I started, I I had been, um, I was a single parent at the time, and as a a teacher in the classroom, I was getting calls from especially single parents saying, you know, what do I, how do I help my student learn better, and follow through on their homework. And I I felt like those people could use some support. Um, So when I first started coaching, I wanted to reach out to um, single women or women in transition. So that was my first focus. Um, When I decided to become a retirement coach, it was about 10 years ago. And I had been at a luncheon for a nonprofit in the Roseville, Minnesota area. And the speaker was Dan Butner's brother. And I apologize for not remembering his name, but Dan Butner is the guy who's written Blue Zones. Oh, yes. Um, about living to your. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Roseville, and so is his family. Um, and his brother, at least one of his brothers, was on his team. And this man spoke for um, this nonprofit agency. And he talked about the most dangerous years of our lives, and it's the physically. And one is, there are two, and one is the year after we're born, so that that huge year of developmental change when you're an infant and and, um, being vulnerable to everything on the planet, and then the year after we retire. And that really sparked my consciousness about, you know, how can people get help 
transitioning from being in a full-time career and having that purposefulness in their lives and then going to retirement, which is a whole new planet for many of us. Um, also, I'm at the tail end of the baby boomer generation, so a lot of my friends were talking about this. Um, looking back, Don, I realized my very first two clients both wanted help with retirement. That's interesting. So it was really kind of like full, full, full circle. Well, one, one of the things I wondered, too, is do you find that retirement coaching is different from the other coaching you've done? Are there, are there different kinds of issues? You know, I think it's more complex in that uh, I wish I could remember Mark Twain's quote about how we, we want to, how we, we go to school and how we need to unlearn everything we learn in school <laughs> because that's how I see retirement coaching. It's like, oh my gosh, we've had coaching all of our lives to you know choose a career, to even find a partner. We get coaching from friends, you know, who's the best fit for you, etc. Lots of things written about that in, in the world and a lot of um, stories on film and in, in books. But uh, when, when it comes to the major change that we are expected to make for the last, for the end game, if you will. <laughs> it's not easy. So that's, I think it's more complex. And so I, I use a lot of the same exercises, you know, design your ideal schedule. Um, and it's harder, I think it's harder for people to say, okay, this is what I want to do with my time versus, well, I have to do this. It was surprising to me how much I needed someone to tell me where to go and where to be. I thought I would love the freedom, and the freedom is really uh, terrifying in some ways. Yeah, in um, Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about how the people in the um, concentration camp and how they survived. And he, you know, he talks about how people were more afraid of the unknown than they were afraid of dying. And we're talking about unknown territory, and it's really valuable. Our lives are very valuable. Our time is very valuable. And going back to when I think of myself as a student, much easier for me to sit in the seat of the student and just keep learning. Um, but when we have to teach ourselves some things, when we have to really follow through on something we want to create and have have happen, uh, it's um, it's it's tough, like you said, and, and it can be overwhelming. You mentioned that when you began, you were working with with single women. Uh, I'm assuming now that you you work with both men and women, and and I wondered if you find that they have different concerns in retirement or or approach it differently. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. When I first started coaching, my I felt like my main audience would be women like me, single and um, wanting more support from all kinds of places. And what I found was I almost always had an equal number of male and female clients. 
even before I started coaching for retirement. Hmm. Um, and then I was thinking back over the years, I really, um, you know, there are probably tiny differences, but I think it all comes out in the wash. A lot of people, men and women, even need suggestions on how to make a change in their primary relationships. And so often at the beginning of a, the process of coaching with me, I'll ask them to do homework and they can say yes, no, or counter offer to every suggestion I make. Um, and it's often about having a conversation. It might even be letting somebody know if something is really important. And then just listening to what their partner has to say. Just being heard, being helping them get their voice out there. So you've branched out into merit, marital counseling? No, no. But I often do ask people to do um, like the values exercise I give people um, to do that, you know, and have their spouse do it as well. It's rare when they do share it, but it, I think it's, you know, it's important because that's like the primary relationship. And, and the coaching for me is really about helping people get to know themselves better. Right. I was I was going to ask also if retirement has you've seen retirement have an impact on marriages themselves. I think they absolutely do. You know, it's not just a change for the individual; it's a change for the whole household. The dynamic shifts. Um, so it's really important. It's right. really important that people are communicating clearly. Sometimes, actually, people will live separately. Maybe one person is in one sitting city, excuse me, and then the other person in this is in another city, and they're both working full time. They have these big jobs, and they kind of commute in their relationship. Then when one of them retires, their their physical environment shifts. So it's a big deal. You talked about the transition itself, and that's an area that is of great interest to me. Um, because I th- I think that's it's very hard to go from working to not working. Uh, what seems to make the transition difficult for the people that you've you've worked with? I I would say um, two things come to mind right away. The first one is people who hire me like a good year before they're going to retire, and getting the date on the paper, getting, you know, making a commitment to really retiring is a big deal because their career is their identity. They're really attached to that. Sure. Um, yeah. And the other part of that is uh, deciding, you know, what is going to nurture their spirits in this new place. And so if people hire me and they've already retired, they they want ideas, um, and it, it really comes down to a lot of reflection and, and responding to what I hear them tell me. You know, think about growing up, and, uh, you know, we, we had these ideas of what's next, what's next, what's next, and none of us had the idea of what would you do with your time if you didn't have to be obligated to anyone or anything 
because that is overwhelming <laughs> if we don't have something we're really passionate about. And a lot of people don't have something they're passionate about. So I really, it is a, a big process. And I try to reiterate that in my conversations when people hire me, that, you know, this isn't something you're going to do lightly. Um, and if you find yourself feeling successful after a month, think about think about doing it for, you know, a minimum three months because you just get to know yourself. And even if you've achieved your initial goal, maybe set a date to retire or change your attitude about something else, then uh, there is still more there that could be developed, could be discovered, and could be celebrated in, in a few months. You make it sound really easy. Uh, we're just going to sit down and do some exercises, and then everything will be okay. That does. I, I can't believe that's how it works. Well, it is a lot. Of, it's it's not easy because, um, like I said, most people don't have a passion outside of their career path, and even if they are passionate at what they've done, a lot of jobs don't lend themselves to semi-retirement. But I do. You know, we talk about that too. Yes. You know, think about doing something. I read about you, and you do something for twenty hours a week, and that sounds very enriching and fulfilling. Um, so you've you've gotten that pl- to that place. Maybe coaching yourself. Maybe talking to other people. How did you get to this place, Don? <laughs> um, I was coached. <laughs> oh, excellent! Actually, um, well, I. I retired with the idea that I was going to write novels. And uh, after four years of writing novels, and the only feedback I received was rejection letters from agents and publishers, um, I said, there's got to be something else. And I got into a, a writing group that was conducted online and had a very good mentor. And said, I said, I think maybe I should be writing shorter stuff. And she said, well, who's your audience? And I said, well, my audience has always been my peer group. And then suddenly it occurred to me, well, I guess I should write about this retirement stage. So uh, I started writing about the optimistic side of aging. Uh, and, and I took off, and I get feedback every week. And I love what I'm doing, and it's very enjoyable and couldn't ask for better. But I'm lucky, I think. Here's, here's something else that may be unique to me. I hope not. Um, when I did retire and she was still working, I had some moments where I felt really guilty about the fact that I was not working and she was. And, and somehow by not working, I wasn't doing my, my male role of, you know, bring home the bread or whatever. So... Am I an anomaly, or, or do other men ever express guilt about not working? I do not think you are an anomaly, unfortunately. Um, but I do wonder how you managed your, your feelings. Uh, my usual way, I just uh, stewed and got depressed. Oh, 
Is, are there okay. better ways? <laughs> I, I, ho- I hope so. I hope so. That's the beauty of, of having a coach, you know, having someone to hold you accountable, but also just to, I, I really like the idea that I help people see themselves for all of their wonderful qualities. And, uh, you know, and a big piece of that is you have a really wonderful quality of admitting that you have feelings, Don. (laughs) That might make you an anomaly. (laughs) Um, But men and women have a hard time telling me, you know, I'm not comfortable with that or that doesn't feel good. They just might say no right away. But if you're, did you ask your wife about um, how she felt about you retiring? We had a discussion once and she said something along the order of, I've basically accepted that you're going to do what you're going to do. And it doesn't bother me. Go do it. Mm -hmm. I was relieved. Great. And did you listen to her? Absolutely. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, that's that's what a lot. I think I have to be honest. Some of my clients might not be listening to their partners <laughs> when their partners say, this is good. I want you to be happy. <laughs> but it's really about what we're telling ourselves. You know, and like you said, you, you listened and you were relieved because it should alleviate those feelings of, um, this is a big change. I'm not bringing in, you know, what did they say in the old days? You're not, you know, bringing, you're not the major breadwinner. I mean, it really goes back to our structured society and how we're, are the expectations we have for ourselves. And some of coaching is about uh, revisiting those expectations and, and treating yourself like a, a kind friend. You know, so listening to ourselves, listening to our gut. And really, I think that that self-discovery is kind of hashed out of us from an early age. You know, if I think about even my chosen career was based on what I felt my parents expected from me. You know, become a teacher. Well, I didn't really want to become a teacher of English. I didn't I didn't want to be the boss in front of the classroom. It was really hard for me. It wasn't a good fit for my personality. Um, but I did it. You know, so I think coaching can bring out so many possibilities and, and broaden our perspectives. And that's what I hope for my clients, to see more possibilities in their lives and to look out so that they can see more on the landscape that isn't overwhelming and then at the same time be happier with what they have and who they are. If you could give people one piece of advice uh, as they retire, what would that be? It's hard not to say hire a coach (laughs) (laughs) because because I love, you know... (laughs) We, we need assistance in the world. We need to have friends and buddies. And Coaching isn't being a friend. Coaching, as a coach, I can, I can, the beauty of the coach training I experienced is that I have no agenda. 
you know, I ask questions and I really want to hear what the person has to say. I don't want them to say a certain thing. I want to hear what is going on for them. And I, I, and I'm not like a friend. Friends don't really want us to change. That's why relationships are tough. Primary relationships, especially. It's like, oh my gosh, I, everything is working. I don't want to rock the boat. But a major change like retirement is going to rock the boat, no matter what. So to, how can we get our sea legs? <laughs> you know, what's, what's going to help you right. um, down the path? I guess the second suggestion I have for almost anyone going through a major change is to do some journaling. It's, it's amazing what happens. And not on the keyboard, but with your pen in hand and on a, on a notepad or a notebook and and you don't have to save the pages you can rip them up and and that comes from uh julia cameron's artist's way from years ago i i love that process um and it's very helpful and i go through many many stages where i don't do any journaling and i can feel it i can it's like it's a release to get those feelings on the page hmm. and then to put them in the trash, the recycling, or save them for future possibly painful <laughs> reference. Hopefully not. Karen, thank you for sharing your perspectives today. Uh, and I think you made a very convincing case for why retirement coaches can be really valuable for people who need guidance in, in making the most of, of their newfound freedoms and, and this great adventure ahead of us. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for what you do, Don. You can learn more about Karen Carr's coaching practice at her website, revitalizecoaching.com. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The Endgame, at theendgame.substack.com. I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The Endgame.